welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us and especially returning to us <clears throat> on the podcast. Today, we're going to have our 50, 45th, excuse me, 45th episode of the podcast here with head coach Flower Mound Marcus High School, Coach Jeff Sherman. Sure, um, as most sometimes some like to call him as, uh, like I said, the head coach there at Marcus. He's also the 15U USA Baseball 15U National Hitting Coach. Uh, since 2013, Coach Sherman has had an overall record at Marcus as 198 and 46. 2014, 2018, they're region finalist, district coach of the year. Both of those years, 6A District Coach of the Year. Um, he set records for most winning season at Marcus multiple times. Uh, they've been top five in the state, uh, top five in the country. Um, they've 2015, um, that's when they were top five in the country. Um, but this guy uh, is a wealth of knowledge. Extremely willing to share, grow the game, and was fortunate uh, to get to know him through some other great coaches that have been on the podcast, like Jeremy Sheetinger, Butch Chafin, um, and was able to, you know, talk to Sherman, get him on the podcast, and we were able to talk about the great things he does in his program. Uh, you'll hear today about. His just his great analogies that he used, and like I mentioned uh, to Sherm, he reminded me of Tyler Gillum that was on the show, and just how great communicators use analogies, and you hear it through out of the show, and how he, and all that's for is to give people a better understanding of what's going on, and to communicate it more effectively, and he does that throughout it, use of analogies, and you hear the zoo in the jungle, that's his. He's been on the national, she's his national podcast about the zoo in the jungle, which is taking things from in the practice setting and putting it into the game situation where we need to be able to perform in the, in the game, which is the jungle. They got to be able to live and survive in the jungle. And what we do in the zoo, how is that preparing him for that? So um, he gets into all those, um, those things. And we talk about culture, his purpose is why, and really the kids in finding the people their players' wives, um, their purposes. So, But um, Sherman's just a, a, a guy always willing to share, grow the game, as a man of faith, uh, strong family, and uh, was really pleased and privileged to have him on the show and um, really hoping that this provides a lot of value to the listeners. And, you know, we got into some things and just how he even questions his players and to get them – to have more ownership of their ability and become problem solvers. Because, again, when it comes to the jungle, comes to real life, when it comes to the game, they need to be able to solve their problems. So without further ado, we'll get more into that, and you'll hear those conversations coming. But Coach Jeff Sherman, Marcus High School, absolute dude. Can't thank him enough. Hope you guys enjoy it. So here he is, head coach of Marcus High School, Jeff Sherman. Oh, dude, yeah, it's been great. I mean, 
yeah, just keep learning, keep getting better, man. I think that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. And, you know, just, you know, we, I think as us, as, as, you know, as high school coaches, I think the thing that um, we miss a lot is, is that we have a lab right in front of us. You know, we have a, a lab for us to continue to process, eliminate, um, create, um, you know, all those things, you know, to make ourselves better as a better coach and better teacher and a, you know, better motivator, better communicator, all those things, you know, daily. I think we can always, you know, problem solve daily and look back at what we can and can't do, you know. So. Yeah. So like you, you talked to mention earlier about like, you know, you guys are getting ready to start up Friday and all like, so if there's like one thing that, you know, I guess in the past three months, two months or this off season that you've taken away, what's one thing that you're maybe doing a little differently or something you've learned that you want, that you just have to implement? Yeah. Um, I think that the, the best thing that, that we have done is, you know, that I think we do in our culture at Marcus is, is we learn how to one, I think, compete, play the game um, at a high, high level. Um, um, and, and we stop play, you know, when we get into that jungle and <clears throat> try to teach like every single day, I try to, um, I start practice with a mental thought. And that mental thought could be like, hey, when we turn two, you know, how, you know, how we come across the bag, just a mental thought of how the game is supposed to be played. And then we find something in practice within that. I think that, that something we do really well is, is like how that can win or lose a game. If it's something that was good or bad, like, for example, today, we, we didn't break down at the end of the bag, you know, like, you know, at, at first base and like, you know, we had, a, we had an overthrow and a guy tries to turn and goes to second base and he gets thrown out at second base because the catcher's backing up there. And we talk about, you know, just, you know, how, you know, like little things matter, you know, and stuff like that. And so we really harp on, you know, just the little things within the games and the nuances of the game to create uh, the big picture and doing that fast, as fast as we possibly can so that they can play under that pressure within the game at a high level. So the zoo and the jungle, you know, you're trying to create the most chaotic zoo that you can. So that way the jungle seems natural. Yeah. And so how we, you know, you know, the things that I've like, you know, kind of, you know, learned over time is, is, um, is, you know, when you get into the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the jungle or the game or, or whatever it is, is, um, that that is like legit competition. Like, mm -hmm. You are trying to win the game. And how do we get kids in our stage right now, like to win the game and what, and what matters. And you have to like really talk to them and you have to be almost that lawyer that knows all the science or that doctor that knows all that science and knows everything about the game and like compress it as far as hard as we can. And then like spit it out as like easy and as simplistic for them to understand because at the end of the day, that's all that matters is if they understand and how they understand it, you know, um, you know, our, our, you know, we, we try to create this like chaotic offense. Like we want to be any, you have no idea what we're going to, we might still home, you know, mm -hmm. um, we might squeeze, you know, uh, we might be fake bunning. We might be bunning, you know, we don't know. We might be fake stealing. We might be doing a first and third. You have no idea what we're doing. We want to create that. Like we, we believe a win is, is if a guy has to throw it on the run or he has to throw it quick, like that's mm -hmm. a win for us. If it's a bunt or if it's a ball and he has to go ball and dirt and he has to throw it quick, all those things we want to create that win. 
on defense, we want to do the complete opposite. Like we, we want to, tr- I try to describe it to our guys to winning at it is like legitimately slow down, take a breath, figure it out, you know, uh, do not react, see, analyze and move. You know, if it's a first and third, they want to do something like, what are we trying to do here? How are we trying to do it? You know, um, again, the pitcher has the ball. It should be defense. Like, Hey, if we need a pick here to slow the game down, we're not trying to pick them off, but we're trying to get that batter to deceive them. So again, like, those are the things that we try to do within a practice setting right off the bat to understand how if you get kicked in the face real quick or vice versa, how to put that pressure on, you know, the, we call the dragon, you know, the, the, the best pitcher out there, you know, and how do, we, how do we get him and how do we break his chain throughout the game? And so anyways, I know that's a lot, but that's the jungle. Like that's the atmosphere that we want to create in a daily basis. And at the same time, figure out, and this is where the coaching thing comes in. This is where we come in as coaches is this is where the great coaches figure this out. And they're very, very, very good at, they figure out when they cannot uh, succeed at the highest level, we bring them to the zoo, we bring them down, we nurture them, we figure that out. And we look at this snow globe on top of them and figure out the piece of that puzzle to make them the best player they can. So we slow it down for them and we bring them up and saying, hey, this is where we're not efficient. These are the things that we have to move or for our sport. It's all about movement and how we move. You know, um, we are rotational athletes. Everything we do on our field is is either a lateral or rotational. And if we understand rotation, like. Um, you know, we have to understand that it comes with like balance center midline, you know, and then we have to move from the middle and that's all complexity. And we can get into that if we need to, but like understanding how we move is we start, we stop, we rotate. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as simplistic as that and how we do that and how we do that efficiently is what we want to create. How easy can we strike a baseball? How easy can we throw a baseball and create force at release or force at contact. How do we create that punch? We call it ball striking. We want to, we want to think of everything as a strike, like Taekwondo or if it's jujitsu or if it's boxing, like how do we strike, you know, and have all the force and all the energy in that barrel or at release of a pitch. And so, and how easy can we do that? You know, and um, we try to, at the same time, in that jungle piece when they aren't succeeding or in that zoo piece, when they aren't succeeding in that jungle, we try to throw film at it. And, and, and the, my number one question I say to it is objectively object. I can't even pronounce it um, is like, look at it. Like you have never played the game before. Think of your grandmother, like, or someone that you know that has never seen this. And does that look easy? Does that look like you rotate efficiently? And then they'll probably say, well, no, and stuff like that. I was like, don't look at it from a point of like, oh, I broke my hands or I did this, I did that. I mean, we can break that down as – but everybody's a different mover, just like everybody's a different squatter, like just like everybody's a different runner. And so we rotate all differently. And how to find that is like I think is the most efficient. And so, again, I just word vomited there and I apologize. But like I think that's it. Like that's where great coaches come from. I, I, I truly believe that they're one, they're, they're great learners, but they understand how to go from the zoo 
and then speak to this person. Like, I think, I think, I think we fall into a trap in baseball is like, well, he doesn't understand mentally. Well, yeah. Or he doesn't have mental focus or, or whatever it is, or, or he doesn't have confidence. Well, um, my thing back to whoever that is, is like, yes, I, you know, there's, there's that whole side to it, but having confidence is, is literally like buying into your why or why you're doing what you're doing. And if they don't have that, like, what's the point of them even being there? But when they understand their why and they understand, you know, that they want to be an efficient mover, they want to be a starter on the varsity team, that they want to be a, um, a college athlete, they're going to do whatever it takes and they're going to problem solve and they're going to try to blend that, you know, jungle to that zoo. And they're going to understand what greatness really looks like if the coach can communicate that as efficiently as possible. And again, that comes back to, there's where the great coaches come from. And that's what I thrive and try to, and I fail at daily and analyzing, trying to move through. But anyways, those are the, I, I believe that's where the great coaches can really, especially in this game of baseball, can really move those players. Because at the end of the day, like, let's think about it. It takes like a split second for you to move and hit a baseball. It takes you a split second to move. Like you don't have thought process of confidence at all in that movement. Right. It's all that pre going into it. Like I'm about to strike a baseball. Like I'm about to hit the baseball. Like I believe he's going to throw an outer half, like all those kind of things. But at the moment, they're not thinking anything. And so it comes back to is, is where confidence comes from is, is if they can officially see and do ball striking or, you know, at release point out front, they see the efficiency of that. Hey, I'm getting better. I'm seeing the numbers thrive. I'm I'm seeing swing and misses, or I'm hitting balls now, like in the gap, whatever it may be. Yeah, that was uh, that was a ton, uh, <laughs> and uh, you guys are doing. So, I guess one thing that comes to my mind is thinking about that. It's like taking the the zoo in the jungle. So, typically. Will you try to speed a guy up first and foremost just to see what deficiencies are? Or are you going to kind of build the build the zoo up to the jungle? Or will you just throw them in there to kind of see what we need? And then go, like you said, now go back to the zoo, go back to the practice setting, kind of build him up to be ready. I believe both work. However, I do the opposite. And this might be my dyslexia and a little bit into it, but I will say this. Um, it's a great question because I do the opposite where I don't want to give them any information, throw them out there, let them fail, explain it because I think that's where the fruit is. I think that's where the gold is. I think that's where their mind starts to turn because my job now, I want to get my guys. I really do. I want to get my guys to be the best problem solvers. And when they can't win, I want to see how they react to it because I think that's the only way. I mean, that's what the U.S. military does. That's what the great performers – I mean, like Saban does one versus one like two days before the, the, the national championship game. Like they are like, no, we're going to go and feel – like no, they're going the best of the best and we're challenging it right now. And when you don't when – you, when you mess up against the fast and how fast you play, that's where like you have their attention. Like, how do I fix this? What do I need to do? And then that's where the questioning starts coming in. 
well, how'd you feel during that? what do you think you did? Where do you think you need to move to? How do you think you need to um, move better and, or, or whatever it may be? And so um, I really, I, I liked every single practice. We put them, we, first and foremost, like before we start every practice, we do chalk talk. Mm-hmm. Boom. Every single day. It's something that they're learning that we want to apply. Right after that, we go right into the jungle. Like they jog, they do all their agilities, they do all these kind of things. And then we go right now, it's game mode. And it might be a first and third, it might be a um, live scrimmage, it might be whatever it is, but we are playing as fast as you can and as quick as we can. And everything is live. I'm given a sign, defense is given a sign, everything's on. And uh, from that, you get every single thing you could possibly think of. Like the, you might hit a double off the wall. Now you're working the, you know, relay, cut relay stuff, like verbal communication. Uh, you could be working. We could be like, okay, we're going to focus on bunning, you know, because we really struggled with that a couple of weeks ago. Like, boom, 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 boom. We're working on bunning and working on throwing, you know, uh, from a defensive side of things. Uh, there's so many different things. We work on a look system from a pitcher and, and, and we have a pitching machine and all those kind of things of like how we pick and how we throw. So again, like I want to throw it out there and then we teach it. And so, and so you're then, not, you're I, saying, then we break it down. Then we break yeah. it down and yeah. So it kind so, of blocked. So how I do it is it, it's interesting. Cause how I do it is, is like, so today let's use that example. So today I, I, we are in the jungle and we get after it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all of our failures that we done, that we do in that game, which would be a lot like, and it's only, it could be like only 25 minutes. We film that part every day. I pick apart all that the very next day in our chalk talk, we are picking that apart, like why we weren't successful and how we move and how we do that. So therefore the next day, when we go into the jungle or when we go into the zoo, all right, after we just were in the um, uh, jungle, we go over the day before's, you know, struggles or whatever it is. If the shortstop wasn't, you know, catching the backhand correct, or if it was a first and third, or if it was like we got in a, a rundown or, or whatever it may be, um, we're going to work on that end or we call it individual time, whatever you want to call it, zoo time, however you want to call it, where you basically like are nurturing, helping, guiding, building those guys back up to, you know, like, Hey, here's how you play fast. I just never found when I was an athlete or anywhere else where when I went to a practice, I got 500 ground balls or I got 500 swings. I never feel like I got better. You know, um, I never really like got, but when I put my mental mentality into every single play at the very beginning and I saw the failure, I think, I feel like I learned more and I learned more about myself of where, I'm not the greatest um, at what I do and how do I fix that? Like that's my problem solving right there. And that's where I feel like that's why I want to speed them up at the very beginning and go hard on those things. And I can manipulate that jungle at any way I want to, how fast and the complexity could be so different every single day. You could go slower, you can go faster because that, that both sides play mind games, you know, when you go slower, when you go faster, when you go um, curveball, con- yeah. control just, the pace. Sure. Yeah, you control the pace. You control the uh, thinking. You try the mentality of like how you want it, um, and then you keep reinforcing what you want. 
I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, that's honestly like when you start saying like, I kind of, I kind of sense that that's what you kind of, you kind of hit them right in the face right away with practice. Like, cause typically, you know, you heard the whole, we do base running at the beginning. Cause that's when they're most focused and we have all the attention, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, well, I'm going to play right away. Like we're going to go ahead and go game like, and go, go jungle right away. And so then we're going to base all our teaching off of that. Yes. And, you know, within that, I, I think this too, you got to remember, we play a different game. Like high school baseball plays a different game. It's the same game. Like we got catch, you got throw, you got hit. All those things are, are the same. Like, however, you're only playing 21 outs. Like that's different in our league. I mean, we have, you know, dragons everywhere. I mean, like we got a lot of division one pitchers that we're going to face. We got a lot of really good offensive players and defensive players with a lot of speed. We're at six a, which has, up to like from three to four to 5,000 kids in a school and uh, you know, in very high competitive area that, you know, those 21 outs are like so gold. And so you can't take three innings to all of a sudden, boom, get in there. So when you create the mentality at that very first day, like you're going in and you're getting ready and you got to get focused. If not, coach is going to kick you out of practice really quick because you ain't focused and you're never getting to that zoo, then like that's showing you right now, like you got to get that lead because that lead is so important in our, um, in our game, in a high school baseball game. We don't have a thing called relief pitching. It's the next best guy. It's (laughs) It's true. We don't say, Hey, you're the, you're the relief guy. No, no, no. Hey, you're our number three or number four. So, Hey man, like if our number one and number two are going in a midweek day, like, the three and four going, that ends up being, I guess we call relief guy. If that guy gets in trouble, you're pitching because you're my next best guy. Mm-hmm. That's a good <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. So just, just controlling that and understanding is so important. Um, it, it is. I mean, like, you know, um, that's what we want to try to think. And I, and I just think that we play it. It's not that we play at a different level. There's nothing to that, but I don't, I don't think we ever get surprised. You know, we get a first and third. It's like, okay, we've been here before. Like, you know, if we want to get the guy out at home, like we've been there, we've, we've trained this multiple, multiple times. Uh, and stuff and like that. That's, that's, it's great. I, I think it's something I think, cause you know, when you get out and you're younger and you, you have all the drills and you have all those things, but yeah, when it gets down to, they got to perform in the game. And I remember, I remember, you know, you saying this a couple months ago where, they need to perform out there, you know, because you were in the cage. They need yeah. to form out there, you know. And so it, it's almost like that in the sense of when we're playing a game, it's like I, I think it's almost as baseball coaches, we segment it so much and we don't play the game as much because it does take time and you have to manipulate a little bit in practice because you only have so much time. But we that's where, like you said, that's where the fruit is, where we got to get them more game situations and, you know, and then we'll base the zoo, base practice off of those failures and kind of um, things we don't do well in the game. Absolutely. I mean, you gotta, you gotta address those and then, and then always rehearse those things. I, here's another little nugget that I, I, I felt like was very compelling to me when I started like just thinking about it. This is one, one is um, we do this thing where a negative swing or a negative throw or a negative field. It's okay. Just get another one. There's no accountability to it. Yeah. So we're in the cage and, and 
in our sport, especially up north and even down, even in Texas, like where we're at, I mean, it gets cold and stuff like that. But like my guys, like they love to hit, like they literally generally love to go hit, but I don't think they understand how to hit. I don't, I don't think our culture does because they want to get that perfect swing. They want to get that swing where they can put on Twitter where it says they hit a home run or they want to get that like, whatever it may be. Right. Right. They just want to feel good. And like, you're playing the worst sport in the world to feel good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to, I mean, it's like almost like golf. Like you might feel good maybe once out of 18 holes, you know, and, and, and that might be the same thing. Like the goal is to win and how to do that is, is my, my thing when we always are in the zoo or in the cages is how, like my thing was, was like how to make my guys to understand that every swing matters because you only get five swings, maybe in an at bat. So 21 outs, again, you're guaranteed probably three at bats, but like, buddy, like you might not, you know, um, get maybe three or four swings. Hopefully you only get three, you know, or, you know, if you get four, four bats, you get four bats, you know, and some of you might get zero. You might be bunning, you know, Mm -hmm. that's part of our game big time. And, the thing that I've like come to this conclusion on is like, we are not very intent in our swings. Like we don't know how to do that. Now I've been fortunate enough to be around DBU and, and had players go to Dallas Baptist university and, and being around Dan Hefner a lot. And I, you know, just seeing how they do. And like every swing is like so intent. Like it's the last swing they ever take all the time. That's awesome. And uh, now again, I'm like, all right, how do I get those guys to be like that? Well, one is, is like, they're a little bit older than my guys. But this third thing, the second thing is, is like, I need a shrink of how many reps they get. Because if, if, if you know, we all talk about the rep game, we still can give them a lot of reps, but like very little at a time. Yeah. Like, like five sets of three, you're saying. Yeah. So I, I've talked about this a lot. I, I'm really big with the baseballs on the ground and, and numbering the baseballs and yeah. knowing which baseball, like, you know, uh, like I want the listeners to understand this. Like you have like seven baseballs, you know, from plate to plate, one through seven, one's inside, seven's outside. You know, you can manipulate whatever. I even color code the baseballs. You know, I, I do one through three as blue and I do the um, – uh, five, six, seven, I do those in red. Okay. And we do that all the time. And like we pick, cause I think like two things are very important. You have to learn how to take in the cage and you have to learn like when you ball strike, you get out of the cage. And so we do this where like right now, like today, you like said, when- oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. you said when you ball strike, you get out of the cage. So essentially what you're saying is just like in the game, you would stroke, you would hit something really hard and you're at bat be over. Is everybody saying you that you would ball Absolutely. strike and then you'd be done? Yes. Yes. So we get no more than six, no more than six balls. They have to pick their color that they want to hit at that time. So then we understand their approach. We're trying to tune in approach here, or you're just trying to tune in like really trajectory of ball when they're trying to hit a baseball. Right. All right. So they get to learn to take, so they get no more than six, but they cannot only swing the bat only four times. However, if they ball strike one, I want them to get out of the cage. And so the big thing that we kind of talk about is like, you know, I think the New York Yankees, you know, the manager was talking about how being a savage in the box and how we're going to just dominate the box and stuff like that. Well, how do you do that? Well, we want to be savages in the box. Like, I believe this. I think a, and this is just my own personal opinion. I could be totally off. 
if a hitter gets up there and he, he, he takes a pitch as the ball is coming in and he feels like he could crush the baseball if it was a strike, right? That guy can get out of the cage. And if he gets out of the cage, that dude understands his swing. He understands where he should be at, at launch. He should be at, at timing. He should, he understands how to hit, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think those guys are the elite hitters is the guys that know how to take and know how to swing the bat and understand extension of where power or, you know, where, where we want to have the force at, at, at extension. Those are the guys. Yeah. Like you said, was um, kind of like the effortless power mm-hmm. is what you're saying earlier. Right. About the effort, like the, the least amount of to make it look, I guess you could say like make it look effortless, but putting the most amount of force with the least amount of effort is it what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we do this, like we do this challenge in the cage too. I have a coach over there and like, if he ever feels like it's force or if we feel like it's a yeah. push or anything like that and and they think they just ball struck it like out of the park and they're like cage bomb or whatever it is. Cause they're, you know, they're kids and they're children and we got to train them to be, you know, in the jungle. Right. And, and so we like kick him out of the cage, like right then, like you're done. Like, like if he swings the first one, he crushes it, but he like did all of his force. And it was like, just didn't look easy as he moved through it. Like we kick him out like right then we want them to feel that way because that's what, you know, when you get into the, when you get into the jungle and when we get to that live picture, like today, when we're seeing it, like they start to jump at the baseball, like they start to work at their eyes. They see a fence, they see everything. They, they want to hit a ball out. They, you know, whatever it may be, they want to be the, the king of the castle, you mm-hmm. know, especially early. And you have to like, no, dude, just what you did over there, man. You know, what you did over in that cage right there is what I want you to do over here. Nothing changes. Sure, my, I, I, just, I love, I love, I love the, like just the intentionality of it and like everything. And like you hit, you hit on this earlier. That's really your why, you know, right now your why is that you're preparing them for the jungle. So everything going to mimic that. And so I, I love that and everything there. I just have to say though, I just and this is what I, my, one of my wonders because this is, you know, they're not. I guarantee guys before they come in to see you are nowhere near probably ready for that kind of training. Um, and maybe when you first started this, um, how well was it received? How much did it challenge you to kind of stick with what you were doing? Um, and when you saw maybe the the because I can just see like when you're trying to say, look, we're getting no more than six pitches. For hey, you're out of the cage. You just beefed up on that, or once you you struck it really well, get out. Come on, coach. I want. I'm, I'm doing. You know, like how how was that transition for you? That's a good question because uh, I think that goes back to the communication piece. Yeah, we are training them to win. At the end of the day, you're training them to be winners in life. You're training them to be um, full of character, um, um, honoring the game treating women right right i mean we can go on and on and how does that all correlate to your message that you're speaking even on the baseball field and i think that all correlates like you're playing the game to win and so you're playing the game to how the game is delivered to you you get only three to five at bat so we're not gonna get any more than that like you have to explain that to a child or to a kid that's coming into your program and tell them why that's important and i believe this like at the end of the day, um, it comes down to this. Like, I think there's three levers in, 
in training. I think it's intensity, complexity, and velocity. And so how you train in the jungle is all about at the very first day, do you think we went full throttle, like gun going, like you got to know everything? Absolutely not. Like, I mean, it's like very low. I mean, very low intensity, very slow. The complexity was probably not very hard. It was like, Hey, here's a BP fastball, execute a bunt here. Hey, third baseman. Like I want you to catch him, throw it over to, I mean, like as simplistic as you can, then obviously the velocity. And then as they start to like master that, I think it's about mastery going back to like the, you know, karate kid or, you know, whatever you want to call it, like be in that black belt. Like how do you like, like continuing up from the white belt to the black belt, like from like your physical nature, from your mentality of like what you think about and how you attack it, you know, because you know, this as kids, like they think about everything else, but like winning the game or winning this pitch or like understanding the process. Like they want to think about everything else. Um, and you know, and that takes time and that takes, you know, a lot of time and that takes a lot of nurturing through that. And I tell people all this all the time. It takes three years to be a three really good years to understand and grasp what you're trying to do at anything. I think, you know, like, I don't think it just happens like first year, unless you're just a freak athlete and you kind of understand and those intensities, complexities and velocities can like all come together at once. And that's really hard, but I've never really had a freshman or a sophomore, like really succeed at the varsity level, especially mm-hmm. with the league that we have, you know, just like in freshmen, like you don't see like the freshman all Americans, like they're very few you know, that become like in college, it's very hard to see a rookie of the year, like hit over 300, you know, it takes time as they go. And so again, I think it takes three good years uh, for them to like completely understand how fast the game needs to be played and how competitive it has to be in, you know, from first pitch to last pitch and, you know, a seven inning game to win a baseball game. Mm Mm-hmm. So did it, t- did it take you the three years as you c- come to implement the uh, jungle in the zoo, you know, and kind of put these new protocols in place? Did it take you about three years to like, look? Oh, man, it's still we're... going. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's still going. I mean, I, I just try to look at it from like um, like how to, you know, get a kid that comes from summer league from a culture of like yeah. it's not about like and, – and I have nothing wrong with summer league baseball. I think it is absolutely fantastic because – I get to get my guys and they get to go to whatever level they think they are, if they're at the highest level or if it's a mid range or if it's below and they can go play baseball and they understand it and learn on their, on themselves. Right. But like that is for themselves. Like they are like literally trying to become recruited. They're trying to create a better skill for themselves and they're trying to learn the game. Mm -hmm. When they're at our level, you're being scouted every day. Like guys are going to have 40 to 50 at bats when they're pitching it. They're going to know your weakness. All right. That pitcher is their best pitcher. You're not seeing the 18th best pitcher of this select team. You're seeing their best and you have to go out and beat him. You know, you know, in these select times, you, you, you might only see like, you might play 50 games, but you might only see like four best pitchers. Well, you're going to see in our league, you're going to see, we play 14 games. You're going to see the 14th, the 14 best, mm-hmm. 
You know, you're going to see the one or two, the one or two. We play each other twice. And if you don't see the, if for whatever reason, you're going to see the next best. And so at each school. And so like, how do you defeat those guys? So like, it's, 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 you know, obviously I believe that like, yeah, like you said, like base running, is that really important? Yes. Cause that's what wins games. Like when you don't hit, and you have a guy on first base, you got to get him to second base because you can't get three singles in an inning. It's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a tough game. And so is that very important? But, like, I've kind of, like, correlated it as, like, let's play the game and let's manipulate the game and let's create the intensity, complexity, and velocity within that game and make it tough on them and how do they respond. And then from that response, we know if we can go up, down, or, you know, go back to the zoo and – Right. figure it out and go back to the drawing board. Nah, that's great, man. That's great. And I think the response, yeah, like you said, it depends on like what time of year, you know, what's, what's the feel of the team. Like you said, that's where the great coach comes in and say, you can kind of gauge and gauge that feet, have, just have a feel for, you know, where your guys are at. Uh, it's awesome stuff. I, yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty big, do you feel like, uh, cause you kind of touched on this with, you know, when they go away to play summer ball and, you know, if they're playing on pretty big, travel competitive teams you know different cultures that get set in do you feel like is it every year kind of rehashing here's what we do uh, just kind of the culture that you have there with uh within the culture in the zoo and kind of how you're running things yeah i mean like uh you know here's the thing is is like i think i think this is the problem like i think the accountability piece is is different for example, our accountability piece is like, you better go to class. You better do all this stuff. And like, mm-hmm. if we get a bad note, like, yeah, you're going to get crushed. Right. I mean, right. It's not going to be good for you. Right. And you know, um, you know, how you, how you respond, you know, is, is also huge, like negative body language, all those kind of things. Like it's all within that team, you know? Um, and you know, I, you know, I've been watching summer league with USA baseball. I've been watching summer league with, um, uh, you know, just at my baseball field for the last 20 years. And <laughs> you see like different teams have different ideologies and different things. You have guys that just sit on a bucket and then you have guys that are just all investment coaching, teaching, they get them there an hour and a half before, and they're going through drills, 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 drills. They're making those guys better. They're doing all these kind of things. They're getting them mentally right. Um, and all those kind of things. So like, yeah, blending all that and then taking them away and starting from scratch is kind of what I do. Like, yeah. blend, like, boom, like, Hey, you all got better. I'm sure you did. All right. But here's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's what we have to do to win a state championship. Yeah. And it's important, you know, like and we each have our own cultures and I know, you know, your culture is one. So like uh, this, this thing about that, cause it's really, just what we're really talking about is culture is how is your culture, you know, changed, you know, and since you've been at Marcus, you know, how, how is, how, where have you cut, where have you started? How has it changed? You've been here, things that you've kind of really held on to and things you've kind of let go. Yeah. Great question. I, I think um, when I first got there 10 years ago, it was like more of like, we are going to be gritty. We're going to be tough and we're going to be like all in. And, you know, that was just like, everything we did was like that. Yeah you miss the boat and so many different things when you do that. It's like my Juco way. Right. And, um, we, we like, we were probably really tough to play and, and, and we're real gritty, but like we made, I felt like we just, 
we couldn't get that big hit sometimes or, or, you know, and, and, and it evolves, you know, like you look at, and I tell you this all that, like we have the greatest, um, you know, uh, data, um, the greatest research lab every single year, you know, and it's right in front of us on a baseball field. Every head baseball coach in high school has that. And like, how do we give that information and then make it better? And you, it's not that you, you change your culture, change your mentality, but you like change it to like, understand how it all blends together. So I went from like, I literally, I think I went from a transition, uh, transition, transactional coach to a transformational coach, mm-hmm. like how to blend that all together in my whole ideology of the game from the jungle to the zoo. Like, like, how does that make sense? Everything has to, like, I want to make it as simplistic to them. So they understand and how it's supposed to feel and how it's supposed to move and how you're supposed to think for them to react or whenever they get into that game, that nothing really phases them and they enjoy and love and respect. And at the end of the game, like if they gave their best, they know that they're never going to get beaten up. We're just going to keep moving forward and getting better. Transactional, the transformational. Absolutely, man. So, um, Oh, that's, that's great. That's great stuff. So I love, I love that. So what thinking of a transformation, man, thinking in your culture, dude, cause you've been around so many, like, I'm sure it's impacted you all. You said you've been in USA baseball, you know, and um, how has that cultural piece, that transformational piece impacted you with your, even even in your experience with USA baseball um, and just out and how it did you see a all of a sudden the regional championship comes all of a sudden you start what like what big changes did you see yeah I just think like I always feel like I, I feel like I'm a relational coach I feel like I'm a guy that's going to get out there and like grind with the guys and, and we're going to play catch with them and yeah I'll be in that jungle with them and I'll compete with them like from the you know, if I'm playing shortstop or second or, or, or hitting, whatever it may be and, um, and have fun with them. And at the same time, I've always felt like I, I, I had that piece, but like how to blend that all together was where I was missing. I feel like I just missed a piece. And I think, you know, when you start like <clears throat> laying out what you want that finished product to look like, and it has nothing to do with like, um, like winning games, it has to do with winning in life. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever that looks like, if you're going to be a sweet a street sweeper or if you're going to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what ethnicity, what spirituality, uh, doesn't matter what color your skin is. We want to have everybody playing for each other, but playing as hard as they possibly can. But the more importantly is like loving each other's success. And how do we create that? And how do we do that? And literally everything that we do is awesome. And it came back to me this year. Like my guys were like, Hey guy, Hey man, um, coach, um, uh, just cause of COVID stuff. He's like, coach, I think we need to wake up at five 15 in the morning and lift weights. I'm like, ah, yeah, that sounds good. I really don't want to get up that early, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta be that guy. And they're like, yeah, man. So the very first day, the entire team shows up and we have not missed since. Not, not one guy, you know, we, I take it back. We've had guys cause of COVID, but I mean, like 
uh, or, you know, whatever you call it, tracing or whatever you thing is, because they had been out. But I mean, like the guys that were supposed to be there were there. And it's just it was amazing of like that's what they felt like they needed to do to bond together, to care, to grind, to believe, because they want to be the first ones up in the state of Texas mm-hmm. working before anybody else. Not at six, not at six thirty, but at five fifteen. <laughs> and so yeah. Um, and I just thought that that was just awesome. It just told you a little bit about like kind of who we are and what we want to do. Um, and, and creating that player, which I still think I was like, Oh, we're stopping that when season starts, but we're moving to the afternoon, but yeah. No, man. Well, just the ownership of it as well. It just gotta be pretty. That's it. I mean, I think you just said it. I mean, ownership, like how to create ownership within them. Yeah. And I think by questioning them, and getting into their heads and them understanding and them problem solving by you guiding those questions is the magic. It's the magic. And if we can get there and understand what movement's supposed to happen, what's supposed to be efficient, where it's supposed to go, it's unbelievable. And, yeah. and, 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 I, and I use it. You know, what's, you know what's crazy is, is I use this example all the time. I had a kid come up to me the other day and he goes, hey, coach, where do these balls go? And I'm like, and, and you could call me a jerk or whatever you want to call me, but I'm like, is that a real question? Or do you think you know the answer you're asking that question? Do you need me to tell you where it is? Or do you know where it's at? And they're like, got it, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over there. And it goes back like the problem solving. Like they need this affirmation all the time, yep. but the game doesn't give you that. If little Johnny on the other side of the fence, mom – and the, and, the, and the son is pitching, I'm pretty sure that if that son strikes you out, little Johnny's mom is going to be clapping and, and, and basically telling you that you aren't good and ha, ha, ha. Right? Yes. So how do we combat that? How do we combat that, you know, that, that war? Not the war, but like that battle between the two, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. it's not going to give you affirmation when you strike out or if you – whatever the game's not going to be like, Oh, there you go. You know, to, to questioning you, you brought this up earlier too. Um, you know, especially with your snow globe, um, analogy, which I love all the analogies, by the way, it just shows you're a great communicator. Um, so, but with your, all your questioning, um, you know, especially for people listening that might not be very good at that. How, how do you grow? How have you grown that skill, you know, of questioning people, not just giving them the answers, having them think through them to come up with their own solutions. That's a great, I mean, like uh, um, I, I uh, have started that about three years ago, maybe two years ago um, in in between that. And a lot of that's been observation, just observation of, of just seeing how the brain works. Honestly, you know, we, we, I'm going to throw out a big word here, but proprioception. You know, when we change that proprioception, like think about this, like if you have a uh, a ball and chain, right? And you have, you know, and it's about to go, and that ball and chain is about to go hit a wall, right? And, and, and at the top of that, right? If you change the, literally the, the weight of that ball, it's going to go a different direction, no matter how you do it. It might take a little bit more intensity or whatever it is. Well, that's how our brain kind of works sometimes. Like when you change the way it kind of thinks and you tell it to do something without like, like processing that whole um, structure, like put your hands here, do that or wherever it is, 
without even kind of any kind of movement, it doesn't work. Right. And I used to be like, okay, let's just give external cues because external cues, but I'm like, that's still not the magic. That's still a good cueing system is definitely an external cue. An external cue would be like, Hey, hit the ball, the back of the net or Mm. hit the ball, you know, uh, break the second baseman's legs or hit the ball off the center field wall. That's an external cue. But if they can process and eliminate and do an internal cue, that's where the magic is. And they can understand like, oh, that just didn't feel right. Let me put my hands here. Boom. And then they analyze and be like, oh, I just crushed that. That's exactly what it's supposed to feel like. I get out of the cage. That's the magic. How do, you bring, how do you bring that out of them? So like, you know, you're at the cage. Let's say yes. everybody probably sees this coach up here standing on the bucket looking over. Let's say that's you, Coach Sherman. Yes. That guy comes out. He has that internal cue. And you say. So, yeah. So first thing I would say is, is like, how did that feel? And they'd be like, and they try to describe it to me. And from that description, and most of it is, is good. I was like, what the heck does good mean, bud? <laughs> right. And so like, yeah, it, it felt good. Did you feel stable on the ground? We have to feel stable people, right? Mm-hmm. We felt stable on the ground. Yeah, I felt stable on the ground. Did you feel like you were like connected? Did it feel like your whole body was working together? Oh, yes. Yes. Did you feel balance at contact? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, all that kind of stuff. All right. Hey, next time when you do that, let's see if we can repeat that. And I want you to tell me how that felt. Boom. They do it again. Oh, okay. Did you feel like you had the power? And so the, obviously we're trying to get to the end. This is where the puzzle piece comes in. This is where the snow globe comes in is like at every single angle, you're going to see something different. And we can be so descriptive, be like, oh, put your hands up. Oh, you leaked your back leg. You did this. Your backside's not moving. We, we say all this, I say stupid verbiage, but it makes no sense to the human being that's trying to process it. Oh, you're, you know, you're working out your front leg. You're, you're slashing at the ball. No, no. Like, hey, homie, like, let's strike that ball. All right. Tell me how to strike that ball. If I had a PVC pipe that was 10 feet long, all right, and I had to swing it and hit a little ping pong, how do you do that? How do you turn over that barrel? And you make it powerful at contact. And I think of it from that lens. And I create the, and that goes back to the intensity, complexity, and velocity, even in the zoo of training it as you go. And like, how hard do you continue to move and understanding what it is? And so it starts with stability. It starts with the question of how that felt and where their brain is. Because if we don't know where their brain is and we don't know how they feel, we will never know how to teach them or be efficient at teaching them or creating the consistency of them being efficient and so those are the those are the i I mean that that's a craft it takes time but oh sure i think the thing is is like at the end of the day is is even if you don't know and you don't even know and still to my i don't know because i'm not in this kid's brain but like that's how it is where is he coming from what is his ideology on hitting like turn the back knee and stuff like that well let's try to work it all together we could talk about hip-shoulder separation, how we don't need that, how we need to stay together as we move, as rotational athletes move. We could talk about that all day. But, like, anyways, it, it, it talks about stabilization. We have to be stable on the ground. Our balance point is at the top is at the top of our chest, right in the center at our Adam's apple. That's where if we aren't stable there, 
We can't move from the middle. You will not be efficient. Then our spacing of how we move in space, all right, is going to be choppy. It's going to be uphill. It's going to be down. It's going to be, it's going to be inconsistent through the zone. And it all starts with how easy can I move, all right, to the direction. So that direction would be like to the plate or to the pitcher, right? And then how do we create spacing to move across our axis and create the most efficient way we can? And it all comes back to like, hey, you felt like you're gripping and choking the chicken. Like you're mm-hmm. trying to kill a chicken with a bat. Like, hey, let's be a little bit harder. Like, and sometimes I've been as simplistic as this. And this is old school. I'm like, hey, man, you just popped it up four times and just kind of looked at him. He looks right back at me. He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, try to hit the top part of the ball right here. See how that feels. Right. And all of a sudden, whack in the back net. I was like, hey, how'd that feel? And they're like, oh, that felt good. I was like, what are you thinking about there? It's like, hit the top part of the ball. Hey, let's do that. Hit the top part of the ball for a couple of times. We'll see how that works. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're just like, and then all of a sudden, it just like, it's, it's all of that communication, getting in their brain and being like obvious of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, and I like, you know? I, I think that even, cause that kind of leads into some individualization too. I think as you talked about, when you finding the ideology is what you cut, what you said, but, but basically kind of seeing what each, in each person has, does that help you take that into the zoo work for their maybe blending and for their different thing that you're going to try and say, Hey, here's what I know you probably think like this. So let's, let's steer you with this piece of PVC or let's steer you with this med ball or let's hit it up here. Let's put these screens up here. So you hit it up. Like, does that help you individualize your hitters? Oh, 100%. Let's, let's understand. Let's, you said a couple of things there, like blending. Blending is like going from the jungle to the zoo for me. Yeah. Blending both. Um, it, it's, it's, and blending could be like not actually hitting a baseball. It could be a water bag or it could be a, um, it could be a throw uh, with a, with a med ball. It could be a PVC pipe. It could be anything that is, could be in that zoo of training. It could be hitting off a tee. It could be front toss. It could be a uh, pitching machine. It could be anything that could be from like that individualized training. All right. That is blending it to making you the most efficient to the jungle and then blending it back and going, okay, that wasn't successful. Let's try this. Oh, that was successful. Let's continue to do that until it, you know, it's not efficient anymore. Right. And then he said something else you were talking about, like, now, how do you get the individualization of a coach. This is the toughest thing for a high school baseball coach. You got to remember I have 70 kids, right. one coach, just me. Right. In the off season. Cause we have this thing called football in Texas and it <laughs> runs and it rains here. And we're really, really good in Texas. Um, and we have a lot of fans that go to it. Even we break COVID rules. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, totally kidding on that. However, um, uh, so all my coaches are just basically in football. Like, how do you create the individualization? Like <clears throat> I came up with this last year of having guys fill out just a Google form every day and it filters in and it's something as easy as 10 questions that they go one through five. How did you sleep? How did you feel? How did, and it has all these questions. And within those 10 questions, I can go back and see like, okay, this guy is really been terrible the last two weeks and going back to like how he is. And I tell him, I was like, you can never fail that test. The only way you fail it is if you're not honest. I was like, cause then I don't know how to coach you. 
And then from that, here's two things that ha- has happened from me doing that. One is it, cr- it created this journaling within them. Like they got to reflect of their day and they got to think about what wasn't good, what wasn't bad and be as honest and organic about it because they know that can make them better. And then plus I can look at it and be like, oh, okay. So he's having a rough one. Girlfriend problems it looks like, or, you know, uh, he's been hanging out with some friends a little bit too much. And he probably have a conversation with him. He ain't sleeping well the last three days, you know, whatever it may be, or has a tough test, however it is. And, and you look at the performance level on the field and you blend that with that. You just, you find that individualization in the fielding, in the defense, in the, uh, uh, hitting. And then you find, and then at the same time, they continue to grow as you go, that they're imperfect people. And so they're more vulnerable. And so when you create this kid, that's more vulnerable and they want to compete and they want to win, whew, it becomes like, they're going to do whatever it takes, you know, mm-hmm. sacrifice if they need a bunt because they know it's going to win. Oh yeah. So you 10 question. Simple Google form. Is this something you do like after practice? So that's kind yeah, of every day they do. the group chat. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, no, it, it just, I put a Google doc and I put it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it, I mean, I told them to save it to their phone Okay. You know, and, and they just go in, they put, they have to put their name. The very first thing is their name. And then they ask, answer these 10 questions and you know, uh, there might be 12 on there. I can't yeah. remember. Um, I got to go back and look at like all the, all the things I have. And I think it changes from pitcher to hitter too. I think there's 12 on hitters. And I think there's like eight on pitchers. Because, you know, as, as a PO, like you, there's days where you don't, you know, I mean, you're just doing, you know, plyo work or, you know, or you're, you're, you're grabbing sand and putting it on the field. You know, it depends on what day it is. Right. So. That's what I, that's one thing I was just wanting to, I don't know if you want to dive into it or not, you know, but it's thinking about the pitcher zoo, pitcher's jungle, um, you know, how different that is because it's just a unique thing. Cause you know, you can't go a hundred mile an hour in your arm and things like that, but I'm sure I just like to hear maybe a couple ways that you try to help blend that jungling zoo when it comes to like on the mound as well when you have to just watch how much a guy has to throw you know now i i am gonna say this like we have some good pitchers in our program we've had an a&m we've had a west virginia and we've had a couple other ones like um air force academy and stuff like that but in our league like we are probably at the lower end of like the division one we're more of a juco type kid mm-hmm. um or 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 they're, you know, a, a really good D2 school. And I've had a, a D2 kid win 12 games for us. And, and, and I, I'm telling you it's because of this, because they know how to hold runners, they know how to pick runners off, and they're not afraid to back pick with a guy on first and second, back pick to first. They can field any bunt because we go through the zoo so much or go through the jungle so much. Mm-hmm. They understand that, like, oh, you button on me? That's an out. See you, homie. You know, thank you. All right, you can talk all the trash you want to in that dugout, but like <laughs> you just gave me an out, bud. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Here we go. This guy's done, you know. And I think um training that is is understanding um to do everything else but throw a baseball is basically what we do in that jungle mentality. When we get them in and they have to now when they're pitching, like right now, like like today, they had to go first and second, no outs, and you had to get out of it. No outs. And then, like, hitters had to do their thing. 
right? They're calling signs. We got signs. We got a whole sign system. They got to go. They got to go in through every single pitch. We got to go fast. It's not fast, fast, but we're speeding them up and they have to throw that pitch. Okay. Ball four. Now you got base loaded, no outs. Now how you can get out of it. Right. And so again, you teach them like, you know, it's not an easy bullpen day, right? Because it's right. what we do and do a bullpen. No, that 20 pitches became very effective. And then we get to go back and learn from it, you know? And so now the next time is probably going to be a bullpen session. Actually, what we did today was is they only got 20 pitches. They went 20 pitches in the bullpen. It's exactly. So we have 40 pitches today before yeah. our guys are there. 20 pitches there, 20 pitches in the bullpen. And so our pitching coach went out to the bullpen and said, all right, hey, let's your, your curveball was – you're spiking it. Like, let's work. And so, again, it was like affirmation, like – and – problem solving like right then it it almost gave them a purpose for the bullpen is what you're saying absolutely it it gave them a purpose for the bullpen whether that might be let's just finish up what you just you just rolled through them or let's work on that um yeah that that two oh break breaking ball or whatever yeah and like and then it and then it kind of talked about how important each pitch is yeah you know um and and how to attack you know you're in a bad situation this isn't good but the more and more you do that and the more and more you raise it, like it, it's, you know, and they understand when we call pick from dugout or if we call whatever it is, like that they understand that, hey, I'm trying to slow you down. I'm trying to slow this batter down. I'm trying to get him to think. So does that make sense? Yes. You know, 100%. 100%. yeah. So I think that's the same way. So the questioning from a hitting side is the exact same question we do on the pitching side. Those are the two most important things that I think coaches like forget is like, we want to do bunt defense. We'll do all this kind of stuff. Like dude, 98% is between the pitcher catcher and the hitter. Like all the other stuff is like, yes, you have to like dominate. I get it. But like, if you aren't efficient at those two things, boy, you're going to have a trouble winning. And so, like, analyzing, problem-solving through those two things need to be majority of your conversation. Not that your second baseman didn't come across the bag on a double play ball, which that would be simple conversation of, like, hey, next time, let's do this, right? Because then he can make that awareness call. Hey, communication, like, hey, y'all two called it and y'all didn't. Like, remember our communication stuff? Yeah, that's just a simple conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. But the questioning needs to be happening from the pitcher and catch or pitcher catcher and uh, header, because that's where all the mindful training needs to be coming from. Not to be off on that, but that's the way I think, especially in high school. Well, I mean, I think you hear so many guys too. I'll talk talk about as a player, you're you're training them to to be their best coach, you know. And I think essentially that's essentially what you're trying to do as you question them question them to get them to think about to help them like you said how did you feel so that way you can kind of replicate it so yes they need to become their best coach because the highest form of coaching is really not being needed you know like like the thing of parenting like we're hoping we raise our kids well enough that they're not going to need us when they're you know after they get out of the house so um no man i I think i think it's it's very valuable and i think i don't know like honestly have you ever thought of like for me i i think of this as how could it, it could be overwhelming, you know, like you, you can tell you have a very big knowledge of hitting. You can tell you have a very big knowledge of the game. Where does someone start 
do they just need to learn more? Do they just need to learn more to, to be able to question more? Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Because here's the thing is, you got to remember, I have two sons and I've never talked to them about baseball. Not once. We throw in the background. Hey, throw it harder, whatever it is. They have a coach and the coach like looks at me every time. And I'm like, hey, man, just love them. Just literally love them. And then when they fail, ask them what they could have done better in that situation. And then, you know, the right answer. Like, I don't need to tell you that like, hey, he threw it home. He should have thrown it the first or whatever it is, you know, um, if it's in practice or whatever. Like, you don't. I don't need to be that guy. I was like, I want you to coach them. And I want you to just have fun and love them. And you're by that, just that value, like they're going to look up to you. If you talk to my guys through their training, their, their T-ball coach or their, their youth league coach means so much to them. Like if I give them three guys, like 100% is going to be that T-ball and youth league guy. And then maybe it'd be a high school coach or it might be a, you know, summer league high school coach, whatever it is. They've been the most impactful for them, or it could be a, you know, a swing coach or a throw coach, whatever it is. But like, I think for a young coach that might be looking at this, or if anybody's just kind of just thinking about like, if you're a rec coach or if you're a, a high school coach that has not very many things and you don't even have a baseball field, or if you're an inner city and you don't have very many good baseball players, like, man, like try to put them in situations where, you know, that they can succeed at if you don't have film or if you don't have those things that I have and like literally let them play. And if they play more, it will like, literally they'll get better under your scope of stopping and starting again. I just think it's, it sometimes we put so much complex. We make it so complex. Yeah. We blow their brains up and they're already stressed and the least that we can make it as easy as possible and then get in their brains. Boy, I just see it like I, I, I see that that's where the fruit is. And that's what I missed at the very beginning. I really yeah. did. No, and I honestly, I see it. I see another and I I enjoy, you know, coaching, watching other sports and looking at other sports. And and uh, I think other sports, why you see them, you know, scrimmage a lot. You know, I knew even like the uh, USA soccer, like their model is play, practice, play. It's play, practice, play where 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 we play we're gonna do we just blow the whistle do, 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 like and it's just like oh remember this we have to do here be here all right do do that game on let's do it again i just feel like yeah like our game because of there is no stopwatch there is no time limit you know where it, it just but yet yeah, where you've been able to find out here's how we're just going to play and we're going to play and we're going to teach through the playing um it is definitely um very valuable and you make it authentic. Like, I think, yeah. like, it, it makes it move easy. We're like, think of, like, guys off islands. They have their why, right? They have their understanding, but they don't have shoes. They have a, you know, a stick, and they have to hit a rock, right? Yeah. They learn how to turn the thing. They learn how to move efficiently. And, like, if we can create that instead of, like, you know, oh, that's a bad rep. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And none of that plays. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're going to hit 14 ground balls at you, 14 backhands, 14 forehands. Like, yes, those are reps. Those are pretty good if he's struggling at that. But if we're just doing that just to do it, like, are we making ourselves better to win? And I think those are the only things that I would come back and I would ask is, is 
is this is um, and, and, and to your point, let me back up and like go to your point that you said about soccer play. Like think of wrestling. That's what they do at the very beginning. They go and they wrestle. Oh, well, you, you, you need to get underneath it more. Let's start there. Boom. They go in there and they get underneath it. And then, all right, how do you get out of that hole? Boom. Okay. You do this, this, and this. All right, let's go back. All right, and then at the very end, they, what do they do when they're tired? They wrestle again because it's the third round, right? And, like, how do you get points in the third round? So, like, everything is, is, is evolve of play. It's crazy, like, in their sport. Just, like, it needs to be. It needs to be fun. Mm, it is fun. It, it is. You know, and I think, yeah, I think, but it, you know, it's the it's the planning of it that you you can tell that you have to do, especially when you start to bring in pitchers and what the pitchers are doing that day, you know. And then, um, you know, it just takes. And then also probably nothing. Well, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that this wasn't the same kind of style that you were brought up on. No, um, no, I wasn't. When I got to junior college, though, holy cow. That was like an eight-hour practice a day, and then we played 40-inning games when we went to, you know. Doubleheaders all weekend. Oh, gosh. It was like every day. It was like, oh, hey, we're playing. I feel like I played 100 games in a in a three-month period. <laughs> yeah, that was the funnest time of my life. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. But, yeah, so, I mean, how do I create the competitive CAD? You know, how do I create – our players to be um, loving each other, which is so hard in our culture because we're in this bubble, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to get into that bubble because then we get into his feelings, you know, so. Mm. Oh, sure, man. This has been awesome. This has been great. I I guess like for me, like, I I guess another thing that's sitting out is stepping out as you get to see is you, you've talked about the mentality you talked about, and I think all of this is creating a definitely Marcus visit the Marcus baseball player. Like you're definitely creating that identity, you know, and helping with their mentality. Um, do you find yourself um, getting into much of the ment- mental part of things? And um, especially when it comes to ball striking, I mean, like looking for certain pitches has to really start. It, that's part of you want to say mental as well. Um, what kind of, I guess, part of the mental side of the thing are you bringing into your guys as you looking in when you're part of that zoo, part of that jungle? And I think it goes back to that question. What were your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think we have to learn how to compartmentalize our thoughts. Like they haven't grown yet. And sometimes as high school coaches or youth coaches, like we want them to be perfect and we, and we create this perfect, but we have to make it like, okay, they're a kid. We got to get in their brain. Like, what were you thinking? And how um, was that real or was that fake? You know, the best question I've ever asked my players is this one. When you get one Oh or Oh one, does your thought change? And they're all like, yeah, when I'm, when I'm in a positive count. Yeah. I feel like I can crush a baseball when I'm in a negative count. They think of a negative and how do, and, and, you're talking about like great players here. You're not talking yeah. about like these these kids that just first started playing. You're talking about guys that have played at these high levels, you know, been at some pretty cool events and um, been publicized throughout the country. Like they're saying, yeah, I, I, I become defensive. And I'm sitting there going like, boom, why? Mm-hmm. 
You know, like two strikes. Why? Yeah, if you strike out, I kill you. But yeah, why? No, I'm kidding. Um, but, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 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 to the point is is like is is like that's what's going through their head. That's a false thought. That is fake news. However you want to call it, like that is not real. Like get that out of your brain. Like filter that somewhere else. You know, and, and try to get these things and, and stuff like that. And what I have found is, is the team that is the most vulnerable, when I say vulnerable, like they're not afraid to talk about their, you know, bad baggage, whatever you want to call it, and express the real thought, I feel like are the best or my best teams. Like they can really express their thought of what they're trying to communicate. So going back to your mental question is, is literally like finding that moment. And you can always tell by body language. I don't do like this, like, Hey, we're going to breathe like sheets does, which I think is awesome. Um, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, that's something that's not for me. I, I, I think put them out in the competitive thing, see what they don't do, then go back in and then love them up. And how do we create like them to be, you know, we call them dragons, like when they go out there or, or stallions or whatever it is. Oh, I get it. Whew. Sorry, I just sneezed. Um, so, yeah. So even, even, man, wow. So do you find yourself being, because I can imagine, especially, you know, right now you're doing all by yourself to be able to individualize that for every single person, or do you find you like try to bucket them or group them together with guys, certain guys are going to be with certain guys. When it comes to the zoo, say that one more time. Sorry. Like, I'm just thinking of like, you know, like you said, you've got a ton of guys right now by yourself because other coaches are have other priorities. But um, when you go to the zoo, right. And you, and you say, okay, here's, I know what your deficiencies are. Um, we're going to work on them. Do you try to bucket all those guys or each of those guys really just kind of doing their own things? Or you try to group them based on what they're doing? Yeah, that's a, um, this where it gets complex a little bit, but Yes. So I group them, but they know their feel already. So when they come to the ballpark, they already know what they need to work on and how they need to work on it. So when they warm up, like if you come watch us and you see them warm up, you're going to see, you're going to see 10 different warmups going on. And you'd be like, what the heck's going on? This is like con control chaos. In fact, we had like 20 coaches at our practice the other day and they wanted to come see, cause we had the Texas high school coaches convention at, at the Gaylord and they came in and I'm like, all right, guys, here we go. Ready, break, boom. And they go, he's like, dude, they went and there was like ants everywhere. It was like, Poof. And all of a sudden they're like, you know, you see some guy over there, he's doing like handstands off up against the fence. You see guys doing bear cross, see guys doing sprints, karaoke, you see a guy with his shoes off, you know, um, see a guy doing cartwheels. Like it's like, it's madness. Right. <laughs> um, and it goes back to like, these things is, is like, we try to create like what makes you warm up. Here's what it's supposed to feel like. And here's what you need to do. Now you have to guide them a little bit and it takes time to guide that. But again, if you see us throw, like I don't have a throwing program. My throwing program is, is how do you feel efficiently? Now we have heavy days, we have easy days and we have medium days. And then we have, again, easy days in there. Like today's a heavy day. Like we're going to do 10 jump throws at the end, but then we're going to let it loose for five, 10 minutes, you know, at the farthest that you need to, it doesn't have to be at 120 feet. If I have a, a hundred pounder that 
is um, five foot four, like I'm not going to have him throw 300 feet throwing pull downs. Like that's stupid. Like go to where you think you can be and get with a partner that is. I got guys that are injured. I got guys that are coming back from injuries. I got guys that are um, that like can throw it 300 feet and throw pull downs that throw it 95, but they get on the they get on the mound and it's like 81. And so like <laughs> we're trying to find that breakdown, right? And so mm-hmm. again, you see us look like it looks like chaos, and all of a sudden they come together and then they go and then boom, jungle. Here we go on. We're clicking it. It's fast. It's going. It's it's efficient. So yeah. Um, so going back to your question is, is like, how does it all look? <laughs> that was kind of a complex question. So I don't like literally like go, hey, you look like him. He knows what his feels are because we've been over those multiple times in multiple situations. And that even changes sometimes. And we have a scope of like, hey, here are the feels that I want you to feel every day before you do your pre, before you go to the field and you swing a bat or if you um, throw a baseball. And so within that, they already know. Um, and then once they get into hitting groups, I, that's where I do lump, you know, kind of lump them in together and be like, okay, because it goes back to those things I said before, the intensity, the complexity, and the velocity, these guys usually struggle with. Yeah. Curveballs too fast, too quick. And like, so then when they go to the cage, whatever it may be, we can kind of put those guys together so they can keep each other accountable on those things. Yeah. Solid. Super solid, man. Really good, man. So, sure, I, I know we've kind of, I know it's great, but you got the, some, some practice planning, got the culture, got the pitch stuff, man. Is there anything that you feel like we haven't div- given enough time or is there something else that you'd like to like to get into? Yeah, I mean, like, man, I, I just think the thing is, is like coach hard, love your guys, and like think of things for your program. This is, this is what, all I've done is I've thought of like, what does it take to win? And then back everything up from there. Mm-hmm. Start with and the end in mind. Like, Start with the end in mind. 100%. You have to, to be successful. And the other thing is, is like, here's a quick nugget is like, have a recorder in practice. Don't mm-hmm. note take, takes too much time. Have a recorder in your hand. And then every day go back and listen to it. Like put your thoughts in there. Hey, Johnny, you didn't hit real well. Johnny didn't do this. Johnny didn't do that. Hey, he's not swinging uh, efficient. He's always late because you always forget those. And then you go back and you analyze that is huge, huge in creating the player. Because then the next day you just like send them a note or vice versa. You, you make sure you bring that up the next day and you're, you know, as you write it down and type it out, I think that as a coach is very, I don't care what age you are. If you're in, teaching three-year-olds all the way up to um, pro baseball. I think just having a note taker of some type of, of what you did bad, what you did good. So you can explain both. And so that they can put that puzzle piece together of what it's supposed to look like. Mm. Great. That's a great, great analogy, especially because life happens too. When you get done, you know, we've got families and how things happen. So it's great. And then come back to that at the end of the night as well. So Sherman, this is awesome, man. Really, really appreciate appreciate it, buddy. I mean, you've super, had super good. you've had some heroes on here, and I just feel fortunate enough to be a part. So yeah, I've been Thank fortunate. You. Nah, you're right there with them all, man. I really appreciate it, buddy, man. If there's anybody, like, if if what's the best way to make contact you? If I'm going to talk more about the jungle, what about the zoo, or and anything in between, man? Because you do some tremendous things in your program. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, the best way is like, you can follow me on Twitter. I guess that's Jeff Sherman 26. Um, and you, you DM me, whatever you want to do. I'm on Facebook. I just got on, so I have no idea how it works. So nice. you can message me on messenger, I guess. Okay. Uh, and I'll try to figure that out. Um, and then obviously email me Sherman J S H E R M A N the letter J at L I S D.net. Coach Jeff Sherman from Marcus High School in Texas. Just giving some incredible information. Can't thank him enough for making a part of the show and giving his time to help benefit and grow the game. That's what he's about. And um, it's just really great to, just really privileged to be able to think, you know, <laughs> 45 episodes ago, didn't know Jeff. But really fortunate, you know, to be able to now through this process and just how it came about and to be able to have him bring his knowledge, bring his analogies, bring the way he communicates. I think just even that skill alone could be very beneficial for someone to be able to grow, communicate with players. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. At the end of the day, it's about them being able to tell us what do they feel, what do they do, and how we can how we can be, communicate these ideas to our players. And uh, Jeff just brings a great, uh, a great style to that, brings a great wealth of knowledge, but it's not a – he can get complex if you want to get complex, but you can tell he's a teacher. You can tell he's about, it's about transfer, and it's about them learning and applying what they're doing. And at the end of the day, like he says, is winning – being able to win the game, giving your chance the best chance to win the game, to perform well in the jungle, and this that communication piece is really is really big for him, and you can tell it's working out well. Very successful, at Marcus. Very successful. I so said USA Baseball helping those guys out, and um, you know, so an incredible teacher. So again, Sherm, can't thank you enough. And uh, for those people who did not catch it there at the end. Uh, feel free to reach out to him, shoot me an email at shermanj at lisd.net. Again, if there's um, any feedback you can give me about the uh, the episode, you can reach out to me, TreyTCobb at Gmail. Uh, reach out to us on on um, on Twitter. And um, just keep spreading the good news. And until next week, keep getting better. <laughs>